It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. I will give you a warning that if I ever meet you on the street, you will find out that I am a talker. I love to visit with people and hear their story, their story of faith, their story of what God is doing in their life. All of us have a story. Even if we really don't follow God as much as we would like to, we all know how God is somehow, somewhere, sometime in our life has shown up and helped us in a situation. Well, today you're going to hear two different stories from two different people. The first story is from Gloria, and she will share her story about coming to America from Cuba. The second story is a gentleman named Steve who basically was frozen like a popsicle in the middle of winter in Chicago, Illinois, and had an outer body experience. He saw white light. He has a message to tell people. He's been doing this since 1979. It's called the Black Door. But first, let's hear Gloria's story. Hello, Gloria. How are you? Hey, Ron. How are you? Hey, <laughs> long time no see. I ran into you at a, you were at a flea market about a year ago. I ran into, you were selling, was it honey? I, I was selling honey for Mr. Wayne Harris, who's on dialysis 24-7. And you had known that I had a radio show podcast. You sent me a note a couple of weeks ago that you wanted to share your story. That's right. Uh, you have a fascinating story, and I've known you for many years. You came here as a young little girl to the United States from Cuba. That's correct. Did you... Lake Cuba because of Castro. Why did you come to the United States? How'd that happen? That's correct. I am Cuban by birth and American by choice. Um, we left Cuba. I left with my mother and my little brother on July 26, 1961, on the last Pan American flight that left Cuba. My dad left in May of that same year ahead of us because he was forewarned that they were going to pick him up on Monday when he went back to work. He worked for an American company, Lone Star Cement Corporation, which left Cuba shortly after that also. Now, do you remember life back in Cuba? Everything. I remember everything clearly. I was, even though I was nine and a half years old, I, I was an only child till I was seven. So I was surrounded by my great-grandmother, who was a patriarch of the family, and a lot of uncles and great-uncles and a lot of adults all around me. So I was very astute. My, um, my mother was a dental surgeon there. So I was always interchanging conversations with adults that were waiting to, to get looked at by my mom in the waiting room. And my great-grandmother was one of the founders of the Baptist ministry in Cuba in the early 1900s. Could you practice your religion without persecution in Cuba? Not then. They started clamping down right then. Uh, Castro took over in New Year's Eve of 1959, I believe. And all my family was at my home because of my great-grandmother, and everybody just went there. And when Castro came from the mountains, my whole family was, it was like somebody had died. Because my mother had gone to college with Castro, and she knew that he was a Marxist-Leninist, communist. And so um, they were very upset. And it, it, it didn't take long. He came in and, and bought everyone's guns. 
he uh, started confiscating all private industry, including American industry, and uh, and he started clamping down on on practicing religion. So, Gloria, your family and yourself, Lee Cuba, come into the United States. What kind of impact did that have on you, your background, as you grew up in America? It impacted me a great deal because I was a child of the 60s. Uh, and then the Vietnam War was raging. And it used to really upset me. How can we be in Vietnam so many miles away when 90 miles south is Cuba and we're not doing anything to liberate Cuba. And it used to get me really, really upset. I read a lot of books. I'm an avid reader. And I read a lot of books about Mao Zedong and, and, and the communists. And I remember uh, vividly how Nikita Khrushchev went to the United Nations and took his shoe off and said, we're going to take this over this country over without shooting any guns. And they have because they've infiltrated our education system. And, and I, I can remember that to this day. So you see parallels of what's happening now in the United States to what you grew up in Cuba. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have to really take our country back because we're losing our country through a lot of uh, uh, indoctrination. We as Christians have a responsibility to share the good news of Christ, to be the light in the darkness. So how do you share the light into the darkness. Well, the main thing is to to show love, but also also to show that we have a choice and we have to uh, be servants of Christ. We have to be not just believers because uh, the devil believes. So we can't be just believers. We have to be able to be followers of Christ, followers of Christ and do what Christ would do. And Christ sometimes got upset and he turned the tables. So we have to be able to show and back away and, yes, believe that he's got the last uh, call. But this is a country that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and we have to fight for that. You know, somebody with your knowledge and experience and background, I, I love to talk with. Now, to the younger generations, to the younger people that maybe they just started walking with Christ— they're not concerned about the future. They just kind of walk and say, oh, let's love everybody and everything will be fine. To me, that's what we have done for many years. Even my generation, we went around our own business and doing our own thing and not worrying about getting involved, for instance, in the school boards, uh, in, in the local government. If we don't have Christians involved in politics, they say, oh, but that's just for politicians. Well, then what happens is we have people of um, that don't believe in God that are not you know, Christ followers in politics. So how are they going to implement Christian principles that we were founded on if, if they don't have it in their lives? So we have to be able to get involved to try to portray what Jesus would want us to portray. Now, when you lived in Cuba, was the Bible banned there? Not yet. Not when I left, but it was after. And I still have some cousins there. I have a few, a handful. I went back in 2001, and the way that the communists play the game is they, they loosen up things when they, lose, when they have a lot of protests. When they see a lot of people protesting and trying to ter- take over the government, they kind of loosen up things, and they let religion kind of flow a little bit. or they, they, they Kind of appease people. Uh-huh. And then uh, once they have them under control again, then they tighten up again. So they've, they've been playing that game since 1959. Well, you have a mission in your life. You have a passion that you have. Uh, please explain that to the listeners. 
Oh, my goodness. My passion is the other day someone told me, how do you want to be remembered? Well, I want to go down serving. I'm 71 years old, but I don't believe in retirement. I don't think that David Jeremiah believes in retirement and some of the other um, uh, ministers that I follow nationally, like uh, Charles Stanley. They, they just don't believe in retirement. My Bible doesn't tell me about retirement. So I'm not here to enjoy life. I'm here to let the Lord use my life. So when I, um, go, when I, when the Lord calls me home, I want to be serving. I want to be serving others. So how is your life now? What do you do when you're not uh, behind the microphone? Well, I do several things. I um, I still have my uh, promotional products, um, GMR marketing, and more. So anything that helps to promote. A business or an organization, I can do. Now, I also take care of elderly, a paraplegic gentleman in Gulfport, and an elderly 91-year-old three nights a week in Past Christiane. And then I volunteer uh, in the widow's ministry of my church, which is uh, First Baptist Long Beach. And there is a, a lady there that's 98 years young that's almost blind, and I go and help her once a week. So uh, and that's just volunteer work. A lot of people that listen to this program, they're younger, they watch the news, and they probably have different reactions when they watch the news compared to you with your age and experience. So when you watch the news today, what alarms you the most about what's happening in our country? What alarms me the most is that most of the media, except for Christian radio or conservative media, they're not telling you the news. They're just giving you their opinion of the news or whatever they want to brainwash you with. They're not giving you. It's not like in the old days when when I first came here. They gave you the news and you can make up your own mind. Most of the regular media gives you their indoctrination um, view of the news and whatever they want you to believe. And if you don't believe that, they'll cancel you. Well, the opportunity right now, I think, has a believer is great because there are people that are searching for hope. They're looking for answers. So if somebody says, well, you know, you guys can have that God thing. And I I understand, but that's not for me. I'm just living life happy and treating other people with kindness and love. So what's wrong with that? Well, in the scheme of things, it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong there, but for me, I, I'm convinced that we're not put here just to enjoy ourselves and just to have fun. We're put here for a purpose. And the purpose that, that we're put here to do is to serve others, is to do for others. Do unto others as you would want to be done unto you. What does that mean? Well, if you see somebody um, that needs something, you try to supply that as, as much as you can. You see, you see somebody on the street and they're begging for something. Many of them are veterans. And you give them some money and they might go and misuse it. But that's not your problem. Your problem is to do what you can for someone else. You know, you're a bright light, Gloria. Everywhere I see you, you seem to just have this little glow. So you are serving Christ now, is there anything that um, you just want to share with the listeners that maybe the Lord has just kind of laid on your heart? Uh, please do. Oh, my goodness. Um, one of the things that I, I've learned slowly, unfortunately, is not to, to not be judgmental of the appearance. I used to have a real, real problem when seeing a lot of people abuse of their body, which I think is still abuse, but 
with a lot of tattoos or a lot of piercing and I would really cringe and I would not be able to relate to them. But now I see, look at them with love because I look at them with the love that Christ wants me to look at them. And sometimes we, we do, we have choices. I had choices. I did things that I'm not proud of through the years. Maybe it wasn't outwardly seen, but I know what I did. And would I want somebody to look at me and say, well, she's already, you know, she's done so many wrong things that she's not useful for Christ or for hope for others. So we have to love others, even when you don't agree with, we don't have to love their lifestyle and approve of it. And we have to let them know in love if we can, if we have the opportunity, but not go after it. I say, this is the first thing, like you see someone say, for instance, in your family that's living the lifestyle that you don't approve on. Don't just go preaching to them right away. Love on them. What's the one thing that you think a lot of young people haven't been told about God? Mm. That, that That's a deep question. Um, well, sometimes I think that Jesus wants his reputation back. I think Jesus has got a bad rap with the news media that's true. and some churches. Your thoughts? That's so true. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I think, unfortunately, organized religion Either they try to go totally against what popularity is or they go too much with popularity. In other words, what I'm trying to say is some mainline denominations have even they even proclaim that they welcome all orientations. Yes, we welcome Christ welcome all orientations. He he had he met with prostitutes and with sinners, but he told them to go and sin no more in love. And and what some of these mainline denominations want to do is to bring them all in and approve of their lifestyle, have some of the ministers in that lifestyle, or some of the leaders, the bishops in that lifestyle. That is wrong because Deuteronomy is part of the Bible and is there. So you're 71 years young. You have energy like the little ever battery. So what are you up to today? I'm going to go as long as the Lord gives me that energy. As long as he gives me that energy, I'm going to go. I I'm, My husband is 10 years younger, and, you know, he, he's not as energetic in the ministry as I am, but he supports me, and, and he backs me up, and he puts up with me. <laughs> and so as long as the Lord has me here, I believe I'm going to go down serving. Well, before we go, will you— Pray for the listeners, anybody going through any troubles or just questions out there? Absolutely. I always feel honored and love to go to the Lord in in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the ministry that Ron has with not just the podcast, but many other things that he does and and, um, that always puts you first and puts you at the forefront. Lord, whoever is listening that needs to know you, Lead them to the Word. Lead them to the Bible. And and may your Holy Spirit just come over them. We thank you for the revival that is going on right now as we speak in that university in Kentucky. And Lord, we know that when we ask for you to come and manifest yourself, you do. Thank you, Father, for Christian radio, for conservative radio, and for ministries such as this, Lord, that allow us the opportunity to come to others that maybe if just one person hears this and it speaks to their heart, then we have succeeded in in what you want us to do. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, our friend. Amen. Amen. Our friend is so true. One last thing. The title of the show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So, Gloria, how do you get the hell out of your life? 
by staying in the Word constantly. And I mean, waking up in the morning and going to bed at night in the Word and in prayer. And if you wake up at night, you pray. Amen. Great job. Thank you, Ron. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. And uh, what's uh, are you on Facebook? People yes. want to reach out to you? I'm on Facebook, and I'm on uh, Getter, and I'm okay. on... Okay, how do you spell your last name? R-E-I-M-H-E-R-R. And that's Gloria. And I'm on Twitter. And Twitter. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. When I return, Steve's story. It's called The Black Door. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. This spring, you're invited to join for King and Country for the What Are We Waiting For Tour. G'day, it's Joel with For King and Country. We want to personally invite you to a brand new show playing many of your favorites as well as a new song or two. April 13th in Biloxi at Mississippi Coast Coliseum. This is Luke. We hope you'll join us this spring for the What Are We Waiting For Tour. Grab your tickets, a loved one, and a friend. We would love to see you there. For King and Country, the What Are We Waiting For Tour. You can reserve your tickets at thekingandcountry.com. What's your story? We're looking for stories of hope and overcoming life's struggles with God's grace. Your story validates God's love, mercy, restoration, and forgiveness. We want to help you share your story with the world. Visit our website, thepromoter.org, and click on the Share Your Story link and submit your story. Your testimony of God's amazing grace will change a person's destiny for eternity. God is in this story. Steve's story. This man has been sharing his story to anyone that will listen since 1979. So let's hear Steve's story. Well, Steve, you came by my office and you have a story. So tell us your story. Okay. I was around Chicago and a very cold winter, like uh, 20 and 40 below zero. My best friend, uh, Scott, was told that morning he was going to be a daddy. So his brother took him out partying that night. They never made it back. What happened to him? They were in a snowmobile accident going, they left one bar and went snowmobile into the next town and never made it. They hit a tree and the coroner said they were dead in 10 to 15 minutes from it being so cold. We buried them on Valentine's Day, side by side. That's how the story started. I was so, I guess, in mourning or depressed, whatever you want to call it. And some friends of mine showed up at work and they says, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, I said, we just buried Scott. Come on, you know, I'm not, I'm not up to par here. And they said, well, let's go to your house and we'll party. So we sat around the parking lot. We drank a few beers and then we started going to my house to party all night. They, they left. And I had my, my car. So I, you know, we were racing to get home. And when I got about a mile from my house, I hit a snowbank and it pulled my car into the ditch. I tried for a while to get it out. It wasn't getting out. So I started walking home and there's about four inches of ice on the road. And, uh, as I, was, I started walking, I didn't make it very far. I'm watching semis go by on the interstate there. I'm on the service road. And 
Then everything just got quiet. Just so quiet. And I left my body and I floated up. And as I'm floating up, this really bright light is off in the distance. And I'm going toward it. Now, did something happen to you? Did you fall or did no. you? Well, I was I was freezing to death. It's cold. Um, that's why I told you about Scott and his brother. He, the coroner said 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. I was working on this car for 20 to 30 minutes trying to get it out of the ditch. Fence pole went through the radiator and drained all my heat out of the car. And I mean, I'm freezing. I've only wow. got I've only got a mile to go to get home. So you're out of your body. And and there's this bright light. Have you ever seen somebody welding at night? How bright that light is? Yes. This is like that, but it's peaceful. And as I'm getting toward the light, this black door just came from underneath and kept rising up until it got between me and the light. I'm I'm reaching for the black door. There's there, it's just a black door, just or you know, no hinges or windows or anything on it. I'm reaching for the door to open it because I want to get back to the light because everything was peaceful when I was going to the light. And then when the door showed up, I felt a lot of uneasiness. You know, it wasn't right. And as I'm going, I'm reaching out for the black door to, to get through it, to get back to the light. And as I'm reaching out, my friend's voice, who, who we had just buried, it was his voice. And he says, go back. It's not your time. It was his voice, but it wasn't spoken. It was more like it was felt. But I recognize his voice. And somebody says, well, how do you know that was your friend? How do you know that wasn't God? I don't. I don't know the difference. What did the voice say? The voice says, go back. It's not your time. And I I felt that. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to describe because it wasn't spoken. It was more felt because where I was... You know, there is no voice there. It's it's all felt. And I tried to tell him I was sorry for stupid stuff we did as kids, you know. And he says, it doesn't matter. Go back. I'm looking at a set of headlights coming up the road at me. My friends, I'd been gone. I didn't show up for so long that my girlfriend told them, go find me. We're not burying another one. And they found me and they pull up beside me and they said, get in the car. And I was so froze, I could not move. And I, I told him, I said, I, I, they had to get out of the car and put me in the car. After I recovered, I came down with diabetes from this happening. You know, there was just so much trauma from being froze for that long. Now, how long ago was this? We buried him in 79 on Valentine's Day on a B. So was the black door, was that hell? Yes. That was the gate to hell. I I read the Bible. A friend of mine told me, you know, I told him my story. And he said, that's all in the Bible. I said, no, I read the Bible looking for that. I didn't find any evidence of that in the Bible. He says, he says everything in the Bible that has to do with light is of Jesus. He says, you were looking at Jesus. I was thinking, okay, that, that makes sense. So what about the black door? He says, Anything to do with darkness in the Bible has to do with the devil. And that was in 1979, right? Correct. And now I've met you, 2023, 
and you have a, a fire and a passion about you telling people you carry this little story with you. You, you gave me a copy about the black door. So your mission now, and correct me if I'm wrong, is to tell people, get right with your life because you don't want to go to the black door. You want to go to the light when you leave this world. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. Wow. Are people reacting to that? What, what are they saying when, they, when, they, when you tell them that story? Do they think you're a little nutty? Some people believe it and some people don't. You're faithful, but you feel God has told you to do is to go back and tell people to prepare themselves for when they leave this world. That's my, that's my cause. That's my, that's it. That's my story right here. Yeah. That's your story and you're sticking to it. Absolutely. (laughs) And it doesn't really matter if people believe you or not, because if God has given you an assignment, me an assignment, your wife an assignment, God wants us to be faithful with that assignment. Absolutely. Steve, one last question before you go. What would you like the listener to take away from hearing your story today? There's two ways to go. You, the way I was living, uh, I mean, I, I was working, so I'd have money for drugs and alcohol and, and women and just having a good time. And where I was at that time, if I would have gone, I was heading through the black door. And that's someplace you don't want to go. My friend described it <clears throat> as Jesus is the light and the black door is the door to hell. And everything that he had said, told me, he's a deacon over in Picayune, Dennis is his name. And everything that he described to me after I told him the story, I'm like, you know, it just, it just all fit so well together the way it was supposed to be. When I got, went to work Monday morning, um, I worked with the preacher there and he said, he looked at me and he says, what's up with you? I'm like, what do you mean? What's up with me? He says, something happened. And I told him the story and he just, he, that's all he said. He just, he, after he heard the story, he just walked away. He says, that boy's changed. Good. That boy's changed. Well, you've changed and thank you for sharing your story and uh, God bless your brother and keep sharing your story about the black door. Thank you for having us. If you would like a copy of Steve's story, send me an email, ron at thepromoter.org, and I will email you a copy. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. All of us have a story. Why not share your story with the world? Your story is going to help somebody out there and validate God's love, mercy, and grace. Go to my website, thepromoter.org, and click the Share Your Story button. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you, I love you, God loves you, and with Jesus, you get the hell out of your life. 
Get the Hell Out of Your Life is produced by Ron Myers Productions and is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 260 vendors from all over the United States, November 10th through the 12th, inside the Coast Convention Center, located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. If you would like to share your story of God's amazing grace or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.